Good morning. Do we have your attention? Yes. Good. <laughs> now, Kim, you have our attention. I think, I think you have an intro yes, for I us. Do. with me, you always have to be a little flexible. So I don't know, I think this might be Flexibility Sunday number five, but um, we started not doing announcements in worship service. We are doing announcements now when you come into coffee hour. However, I do have one very, very important one. There is no coffee hour next week because we have a funeral in here right after worship. And there is coffee hour today, and there is lots of food left over from the funeral we had yesterday. So if you cannot stay for coffee hour, at least go through and get a carry out and take a sandwich home with you, because we have lots of food. If it's not eaten today, it's just going to go to the garbage. So we'd rather have people use it. And I just have two real quick ones. Oh, mercy. Sorry. Uh, I have to apologize. I was going to start the kids' bell choir today but I am totally unprepared. So we will do it next Sunday, uh, right after service. If you, know, you want to go get a cup of coffee and then come back in with your kid, um, we'll get that started. I thought this one was going on. That's right. There's a funeral. Sunday we have a funeral. What time? Okay, well, then we'll have to start the first week in November because I'm not here on the 30th. So thank you. And anyone who's in the adult bell choir, I'll be sending out emails trying to find out when you want to start that. So thanks. As I've mentioned before, um, music speaks to me. And we have been doing our discipleship equals stewardship campaign the month of October. And I have a piece to read to you today. However, I would like you to look at your handout in your bulletin. It's called Build a Boat. Rick's going to play that song for us. And I really would like you to pay attention to the words in the song. And then I'll do my little spiel. Thank you for being flexible. I've been wandering through the desert. Ain't seen a cloud in forever over me. But I believe your rain is coming. Am I? 
build a boat. This is week three of our Discipleship Equals Stewardship campaign. The first week you heard from Luann as she told us about our awesome church history that we can trace back 190 years. That's unbelievable. Did you read all that we have survived during those 190 years? I hope so. It's pretty amazing. As I read over the history, I kept thinking of the strength and perseverance of this congregation. Last week, Lisa shared a couple lists of what we've accomplished over the last few years. Did you take the time to read just what we've accomplished in this last year alone? I'm quite sure there are many things I could have added to the list. I agree with Lisa that our accomplishments represent hope. Hope that, we've not only, hope that we've not only given each other, but also the Clinton community. What a blessing we've been able to be. And thank you for all your hard work that has allowed us to be where we are today. My task today is to talk about our future. Where do we go from here? We've managed to keep the doors open. Woo-hoo! We've survived. Now, Can what? Now, what do we do so we can thrive? If we want to thrive, we need to look outside the box. As Lisa suggested, we cannot wait for the people of the community to come to us. We need to go to them. How do we do that? One thing we need to do is change our focus. We can't continue to fundraise, continue to do fundraising events in order to support our church. Your fundraising committee and their supporters are tired. We want to follow our mission statement and bring the good news of Christ to the community. We want to use the money for mission work. Your volunteers who are doing the work to keep the church functioning and looking as great as it does 
are also tired. Do you realize that a couple of our cleaning ladies are over 80 years old? How long do we expect them to continue? We'd all love to use our energy for other people, to help others. Can we maybe get back to having paid employees to do that work? What would you like to see this church and congregation doing? What should our focus be? Your finance and administrative committee are a group of about 12 people. And yes, I've heard people say, well, they seem to be running the church. It's true. We are running the church. We've been making decisions. Is that you, the way you want it to continue? Or do you want to have some input? We'd love your input directing us and how we go to, into the future. And you can help. In the next two weeks, we will be hosting six different small group meetings. And if you notice big yellow chart paper up in the narthex, that's where you can sign up. Three of those meetings will be hosted right here at the church, and three will be in local homes. A big thank you to Lisa Brooks, the Grisbecks, and the Stricklings for offering up their homes. Please sign up to attend one of these small group meetings. We will have a lovely packet that we've prepared to give you at these meetings. The packet is divided into six different sections. Section one is just kind of an introduction. Section two will have handouts in it for you to think about what kind of giver are you? What is it that you have to offer? What can you offer this church in the way of your abilities, skills, talents, and money? In the third section, you will have handouts that talk about us as a church. How are we supporting ourselves now? What do we want our budget to look like in the future? How do we get from here to there? Section four also asks questions. How are we ministering to ourselves? How are we ministering to each other? Section five includes some questions that will hopefully help you help us set goals for the future. Please, please, please take the time to ponder our future. You are our future. And section, section six, as a reminder of what we've, the value we have in the Clinton community and what we've been and what we hope to be. Some of us have been encouraged by Mike to read this book in his steps. Some of us have read it, some of us are in the process of reading it. It's a story about Reverend Henry Maxwell and his congregation from 1896. One hot Sunday afternoon, he decided to try an unusual kind of sermon for his Sunday night services. He would write a continued story, one chapter to be given each week, about what happened in the lives of various persons with different backgrounds backgrounds and vocations, who applied to every decision this question, what would Jesus do? Do you remember in about 1990s where everybody was wearing those WWJD bracelets? 
Let's promote that idea again. Rumor has it, if you read the book, Michael bringing you in a bracelet. You have to pass a test, though. <laughs> I didn't know that part. Uh, I've read the book. I highly recommend it. There, I noticed that we only have one copy left out on the bookshelf, but there are others circulating around. Um, as you're reading your packet, this one, please keep that question in mind. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus want me to do? To finish off, I would like to ask you one last question. Ten years from now should be about our 200th anniversary celebration. What will people say when they hear the words, Clinton United Methodist Church? Let's go build a boat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, before you go on, the examination, okay, that will get you your bracelet, which will not come until next week, okay? What part of the book touched you the most deeply? I think the part that touched me was the, the people in the congregation who, like the newspaper editor, who refused to put certain things in his newspaper anymore, like there was a big fight that normally they would have put update in the sports section, and he refused to do it because he didn't think that was something that Jesus would promote. And he did so, he made those decisions knowing full well his newspaper could go under. But he held true to the thing that, what would Jesus do? And if Jesus wouldn't do it, then I'm not going to do it. And there were numerous stories like that in the book. Did I pass? You pass. Hi, you read, you read the book, you want the bracelet, you answer the question. Okay? Okay. If you are able, please stand for the call to worship. We have come together there, to, to remember, remember who, who we are. are. We, have we have come, come to decide again to be people of God. God. We, we have come, come to claim divine, divine direction for our lives. lives. We, we have, have come, come here to meet, meet with, with God. God. And we will sing our first hymn, 314, in the garden. Oh. 
Amen. Before you're seated, please greet someone with a smile and a kind word before stepping down. Remember to respect each other's space. I already got my hug from you, girl. Oh, I want another one. <laughs> good morning, good morning. Thank you. Are you, you, you shake hands good. Hello again. While you all are carrying on, I'll try to move us along. Amongst our ministry of prayer, okay, please take a moment to look at the prayer lists, the prayer requests. We've a number of people who have had surgeries. We've families who have people who passed away. Um, we have things that have happened um, in terms of weather and other things in our nation that we need to address in our prayers. Um, and there are things going on around the world. I'm going to I'm going to focus on something folks. Okay. Yesterday this sanctuary was full. Folk had to sit in the balcony. Yesterday, more than 400 people went through the doors of this church. That was your ministry to this community. It was a celebration of a life which had ended. Wouldn't it be wonderful if that many people would come through the door every Sunday in celebration of new life in Christ? I made the comment to folk who from us, amongst us, who carried the load yesterday. They were wonderful and did a fantastic, fantastic ministry. Okay. But I made the comment to them. Wouldn't it be wonderful to have people come through the door because they know Jesus is here. Not because of the preacher, 
Not because we're nice people. Not because we're politically correct. But because Jesus is here. That one's probably a hard one, but I'm going to ask for an amen. amen. Thank you. Let us pray. Blessed Jesus, you came from Father God. You walked this earth. You touched people's lives. You help them understand, not just in words, but in concrete actions, that the kingdom of God is within reach. It's at our fingertips. People's lives changed because, one, you told them that God makes it possible for them to change. People's lives changed simply because you were there. People who were sick were healed. People who were confused, oh Lord, straightened their lives out. And even people who were dead raised to life. Because, oh Lord, of your presence, be present here. And, oh Lord, change our lives and the lives of everyone who encounters you here. We have so many that are going through so much right now, dear Lord Jesus. Remind them that they are not alone. Perhaps we will be the messenger that reminds them, hey, you're not by yourself. Yeah, it's hard. But we're with you and Jesus is with you. There are many, oh Lord, that are sick. Things that we cannot heal. Things that even the doctors can't heal. But you can. And oh Lord, there's many of us who are in places in our lives that we know we have to change and our life has to change. There are times when we feel ever so dead. Oh Lord, resurrect us. Oh Lord, resurrect us. O oh Lord, resurrect us and bring us into the blessedness of your great kingdom. It is for that kingdom we pray when we join our voices together in the words that you taught us to say. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Could we take just a moment for silent prayers and listen to God in silence? We thank you for your presence, Lord. Amen. Please join me through for the affirmation of God's love. Do we normally stand for that? Please stand if you are able. We believe that God, God has, has made, made each person, person priceless. We believe that our worth does not come from what others think of us. It doesn't come from what we think of ourselves. Our value lies in what God thinks of us. We believe that God loves each of us beyond our wildest imaginations. We believe that everyone fails and needs the forgiving love of God to keep going. We believe that each of us becomes hard-hearted and we need the Holy Spirit to be with us to melt our hardness. The Holy Spirit breathes new life into us. We believe that in the face of death, God has promised us eternal life. Jesus' resurrection holds out that hope to us. We believe that although our lives fill with great sorrow, sorrow, that God never leaves us or gives up on us. With this faith firm in our hearts, we can reach confidently and hopefully for God's kingdom. Amen. <coughs> Unless you're in the choir.
Amen. Would the children come, please? a good problem. We don't have enough chairs. Yeah. yeah. How about that? Ah, and suddenly it appears. It appears. Yeah. yeah. How are you today? Good. Yeah. You can? Good. Are you doing all right? Yeah. Oh, was he helping somebody? Yeah. Okay. So how are you doing? Are you doing okay? You're doing okay? I'm glad to hear it. Are the big people making you crazy? Too crazy? No? Okay. They're, they're helping you out? Okay. Now, I have a hard question for you. How do you know how you feel? How do you know? Yes? It's hard to say, isn't it? Yes? Your expression. Okay. Do you, if you're happy, what do you do? Do you smile, laugh? Okay, yes. You feel good in your heart. Okay. When you're sad, what do you do? You cry. When you hurt, what do you do? Okay. Now, 
how do you know how big people feel? Hmm? Morgan? Do they tell you? No? Okay. How do you know? Bless you. How do you know? Hmm, that's a hard one too, isn't it? Okay. You know, yeah, yes. You're not feeling very good? You still have a cold? And, and how did you let me know that? No, not why. How? How did you let me know that? You told me, didn't you? Yeah, you told me. Sometimes it's hard to figure out how we feel. And sometimes it's even harder to figure out how other people feel. You know, Jesus listened to a lot of people. He talked to a lot of people, but he listened to a lot of people. And after he listened, he did things to help them. Some of the things he did are difficult to understand. But some of the things that he did totally amazing and the people were better because they spent time with Jesus and they talked to Jesus now when you feel good it's okay to talk about it yeah Wally uh huh doctors when you feel bad, it's okay to talk about it. Yeah, it's okay to talk to Jesus about it. Okay. The most important thing is to know Jesus listens. And one of the ways we can be most like Jesus is we can listen. Not just to the big people but to our friends, to our brothers and sisters. There's something about listening that helps heal us. When a person knows that somebody listened to me, they feel better. And you know what? That's doing Jesus stuff. Now, big people have come up with really weird stuff to help them know how they feel. And I'm going to talk to the big people for just a minute. Remember your mood ring? Okay. I brought a mood, I brought a, a, a mood card with me, and I thought, how in the world is that going to make sense to anybody that's younger than five years old. 
Yeah. See, I got it right in my pocket. Now watch me, watch me have left it. Okay? See that? See that dot in the middle? If I hold on to the dot, it's supposed to tell me how I feel. It says, I'm relaxed. <laughs> you agree? Okay. The big people said the card is right. How are we going to let people know how we feel? Yeah, feel much better. And the only way they'll know that is if we tell them. And how will we help other people feel better? One of the easiest ways of all is to just listen. Okay? Let's have a prayer. Blessed Jesus, just thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you that you listen to us. Thank you that we can come to you, talk to you, and you'll hear. Thank you for taking care of us, and thank you for sending other people to listen to us. Oh, Lord, help us to be like you, and help us to listen. Thank you. Amen. Now for the really important thing. Help yourself to some candy. You care to come get some candy? Huh? Okay. No. Okay. Oh, how's your chin? <laughs> nope. You gotta love them. You gotta love them. Nah, Dad, we're just gonna stay right here. Thank you. Much appreciated. Now, Morgan, I'm putting it in my inside pocket. Please remember that, because I will probably forget. Okay? Thank you. Would our ushers please come?
Amen. Jesus, we say thank you again. We say thank you because you came to tell us in no uncertain terms. You came to show us in no uncertain terms that God loves us. God loves us, not how we look, not what we've achieved, not what we do. God loves us. We thank you for that. You have blessed us. You have blessed us in ever so many ways. And from your blessings, we bring our gifts. Take these gifts and use them for the glory of the kingdom of God. Amen. And our hymn of preparation for this morning is 110, A Mighty Fortress. This song, the words were written by Martin Luther, okay, when he was stuck in a little room on a castle wall, hiding from people who wanted to kill him. Before he wrote this hymn, he saw the devil standing in the room with him. And he threw his inkwell at the devil. There's still an ink splatter on the wall of Augsburg Castle. And afterwards, he wrote the words to this hymn. Think about it.
you beautifully sung. You may be seated. I'm going to do things differently with the scripture this morning, in part because I'm going to touch on numerous verses in the sermon. So I'm only going to read the first verse. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We've spoken previously about who we have been as the body of Christ, the church. We've talked about our history. Now the focus will be on how our history has consequences for both us today and for tomorrow. Because of Jesus, Peter, Paul, and John, because of Ignatius and Polycarp, as well as other martyrs, because of Clement, Arrhenius, Tertullian, Augustine, and other church fathers, because of devout people like Anthony, Benedict, and Francis of Assisi, as well as others, because of John Hus, John Wycliffe, Martin Luther, John Calvin, Swingley, Erasmus, Arminius, George Fox, as well as John and Charles Wesley, to name just a few of the church reformers. We are who we are as Christians today. We are not an accident. Clinton United Methodist Church is now because of people who lived their faith here in Clinton beginning about 1828. Think about it. Who we are as believers today is their gift to us. The fruit of how they believed and how they lived. Christians need to take our history as the body of Christ as seriously as we possibly can. We have any genealogists here? Yeah. You learn a lot about the fam, don't you? And suddenly, a lot of things start making sense. Yeah? Yeah? Uh-huh. Okay. Same thing with our Christian heritage, our Christian genealogy. We as Christians have a history that is markedly different from the history of the rest of the world. Now, I wish I could say that our history as Christians shows that we Christians are better at being human beings than the rest of the world. I wish. Sadly, there have been too many times that we've been worse. 
Despite that, our history is in a real sense out of tune with the rest of the world and its history. Excuse me. <clears throat> Not only do we Christians have a different past, we too have a different now, a different today. All because our goal, our future, is different. Our goal is God's ultimate kingdom. God's ultimate kingdom is what Jesus is about. Okay? Simply because we're here, we're saying we're about Jesus. Think about that. Just because we're here, okay, just because we're here, it says we're about Jesus. Every now and then I, I do a, a workshop on being a community and, and worship, okay? It's entitled, Everything I Need to Know About Community and Worship I Learned from the Grateful Dead. And one of the things that happened in that workshop was a person came up to me and said, you know what, Mike? I'm not going to take my book with me next Sunday to church. He had a habit of taking a novel with him to church, and he read through the pastor's sermon. Oh. You started me thinking about what I think about when I'm in church. Thinking about how to be the church. We have a different tomorrow. The tomorrow is the kingdom of God. If the kingdom doesn't come today, it will come tomorrow. If Jesus doesn't show up again today, if he doesn't return today, he'll be here tomorrow. Now, when I say different, it doesn't mean weird, eccentric, bizarre, or outright strange, despite the way I am. Different means specifically having a sense of being the body of Christ that actually makes us distinguishable from everyone else because of how we live. Coffee with Mike, Sunday, Sunday morning coffee with Mike has started dealing with spirituality and simplicity. And one of the things that the conversation hit on this morning 
was, how do people know? How do people know that you know Jesus loves you? Because of how we live. Many, when speaking on this passage, stress the part about being a living sacrifice. However, that's not what makes a Christian different and out of tune with the world. Our recent history as a world has dramatized the tragedy that can result from being a living sacrifice. Suicide bombers are the most extreme. Other people give themselves as a living sacrifice as well to politics, to greed, to alcohol or drugs, to sex. You can add to the list. The Christian is different in that his, her living sacrifice is in reasonable service, not fanatical, not blind, mindless, or unthinking service, it is, however, service to God. Notice I'm not telling you who God looks like. You'll know God when you see God. My wife tells me, Mike, when you meet God face to face, you're going to have a real serious problem with her. Needless to say, I keep my mouth shut. Paul says clearly that the difference that distinguishes a Christian is that a Christian does not conform to the world. This isn't about creating an us-versus-them state of affairs. Rather, it is about not conforming to everyone else's values, priorities, or ways of living, either with ourselves or with others. Okay. There are conversations about the funeral services that have used the building. You know what did my heart good? Was in the conversations, part of the conversation was, how can we make this not about money? What's the rest of the world about? You know, I have, I have friends that, that say, Mike, why, why, why are you down on, on culture today? Well, the reason I'm down on culture today is 
We're too interested in this. When the, the stewardship thing started, it did my heart so good when people said, how can we make this about discipleship? Do we have to talk about money? Yeah. But money doesn't come first. It's not the ultimate end. What we're about, folks, is the kingdom of God. The church I grew up in talked about pearly gates and streets of gold. Then I started reading John's Apocalypse, the book of Revelation. And you know how you can tell that you're in the kingdom of God? God will wipe away the tears from their eyes. And there will be no more suffering, no more pain, and no more death. Can I get an amen? Paul exhorts Christians to avoid blind conformity. It is such an unthinking, unconscious way of living and being that it is the Christian's most subtle enemy. You will not hear me tell you to be like me. That would be a mistake on my part. And it would be a mistake on your part if you said yes. You see, I'm going to the be with Jesus. My hope is that I will be going into the kingdom of God. Is that where you're going? If your answer is yes, why don't we make the trip together? I got an amen. The pressure to conform pushes us where we shouldn't be, physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually. Peer pressure, economic pressure, culture pressure, religious pressure, political pressure, and other sometimes more subtle pressures influence us before we're consciously aware. With the internet right now, I would not want to be an adolescent, a teenager. Okay, why? Because if you can be a pace setter, what's now called an influencer, you can be 12 years old and make tens of millions of dollars. 
talk about temptation. Talk about confusing what's most important. Christians are to be transformed. Paul uses the word metamorphos, which describes a process of almost complete change. For example, a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. By completely changing our minds about things, as in a 180 degree turn, That is true repentance. Jesus came out of the wilderness and the first words out of his mouth were, turn it around. It gets translated repent. But the word literally means turn it around. Amongst other things, Jesus assumed everybody was dealing with God with their back to him. Isn't it fun watching a preacher's back? <laughs> I mean, does it change the character of things when the preacher turns around and faces you? Okay. Imagine how God feels when we've spent most of our lives with our back to him and we turn around and face him. What's our service? It's important that we think of ourselves not self-righteously but soberly with a sound mind, realistically knowing ourselves, our strengths, our weaknesses, our gifts, so that we can effectively serve our risen Lord, our fellow Christian, and our neighbors. You wonder what the, the small group meetings are going to be about? That. Hope to see you. Okay? Romans 12 has a list. Okay? It is our service that makes it us different. It is our service that is the fruit of our relationship with Jesus, and we are to do those things not to earn our salvation, but because of it. Our service is to include love that isn't play-acting, but sincere and respectful. Keeping busy, bubbling with spirit for our Lord. Rejoicing, hopefulness, patience, diligence in prayer. Generosity to the poor. Ooh, kindly treatment of enemies. Ouch. Hospitality. Compassion. Fair treatment of all levels of people. Not, sold, not being sold on oneself. Now we call it narcissism. 
living in peace where at all possible. And most importantly, okay, I did this one in calligraphy and I kept it in my home office for years. Be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. What is it that makes a Christian different, out of tune with the world? Notice I didn't say out of touch. The difference is not being overcome by evil, but overcoming evil with good. We cannot do this by ourselves or by our own strength. If we try, evil will overcome us. We live our Christian lives by the grace, that is the gifts that our Lord gives us to do our reasonable service sharing the best of the kingdom of God with others that they might join us on our pilgrimage into that kingdom. I say it over and over again in ever so many different ways. Jesus has given each of us the keys to dad's house. Okay? Jesus has given us the keys to dad's house. And he says, I'll meet you there. You can open the door, you can get in. I've already taken care of it. When we all get there, Dad's going to sh- throw a fabulous party. Don't come by yourself. Bring somebody with you. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Our closing hymn is... 496.
thank you, beautifully sung. I appreciate it when you sing good like that. A reminder, there are yellow sheets out there. Please pick one of the six meetings. Okay, sign up, show up. One starts as early as this Tuesday. This Tuesday, 10 o'clock here. Okay, at the church. Let us join together in benediction. We have, we have worshiped together, together and, and celebrated, celebrated the miracle of our, of our new life, life in Jesus. Jesus. Now, now we, we will go out of here in peace. This week will be full of chances to serve Christ and to share his peace with others. We will do our best to be generous. Amen. Amen.